welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 239, A Turkey Hunting Trip for the Ages with Hunt Audio. And I am your host and the guy who is back. Yes, I am back as a functioning and contributing member of society, at least for the next 296 days, 10 hours, 6 minutes, and 29 seconds when Alabama's spring turkey season starts in 2020. Yes, so what I'm telling you is that my season is officially done. I am back at home from an incredible trip to New England. And I'm going to jump in and give you the summary of the trip right now. And after that, I've got some audio from what I am calling the longest quick hunt ever. So as most of you guys know, this trip I was just on last week was my annual out-of-state trip with my buddies from college. And we are all in the process of trying to complete our super slam of wild turkeys by killing a turkey in every state that has turkeys. Well, this year there were three of us on the trip when we normally have four guys. Our plan was to spend seven days hunting New York and Vermont, and if we were lucky enough, maybe Maine. Well, we had a little last-minute twist thrown into our hunt by Yankee Buddy John from Virginia. And the twist from Yankee Buddy John was, hey guys, I hate it, but I'm going to have to leave our trip Tuesday afternoon to go to Colorado for a meeting, and then I'm coming back Thursday afternoon. Well, what do you do? He's got to take the trip to Colorado for the business meeting. He's not backing out of the hunting trip. So now he's got five days to kill a turkey in New York and Vermont and maybe Maine. So Chip and I left from Birmingham Sunday morning and flew to Burlington, Vermont, where we rented a car at the Burlington Airport. And the three of us went to the Airbnb that we had rented on Lake Champlain in Plattsburgh, New York. The guide called us to say, hey, welcome. By the way, be ready at 3.30 Monday morning. I'll be at the house to pick two of you up. The third hunter is going to be driving about 10 or 15 minutes to meet one of my guides and hunt a different area. So we were hunting two-on-one and one-on-one since, like I mentioned The fourth guy in our group 
canceled on us last minute. So since John was leaving on Tuesday after the Tuesday morning hunt, we decided that Chip and I would hunt together with a guide and that John would hunt by himself with a guide. Well, Monday morning could not have played out any better. All three of us killed Monday morning, our first morning of hunting. So we marked New York off the list very quickly. And from that point, mentally, we were ready to go to Vermont, but we had a little bit of a problem. The outfitter that we were going to hunt with in Vermont has hunters in camp, so we can't go and hunt with him yet. So after some discussion, we decided we'll stay in New York and hunt Tuesday morning, our second morning. But not until we decide that since we are 20 miles away from the Canadian border and 60 miles from Montreal, it's time for a little road trip and dinner. Chip and I had never been to Canada before, and so really for me, it was a priority to make it there if we could fit it in. The reason it was a priority is because I have been within an hour to two hour drive from Mount Rushmore twice on these turkey hunting trips, and I've never made it to Mount Rushmore. I've been an hour drive from the north rim of the Grand Canyon, and I did not make it to the Grand Canyon. There are a lot of experiences that I've missed out on on these trips because we hunt so hard on these trips. And if the opportunity came up to go to Canada with a 20-minute drive, why not? And since we all killed that morning, we had the time and the opportunity to make it there. So Monday night, we had dinner at a Japanese steakhouse in Montreal. I can't remember the name, but I don't really recommend it, by the way. The food was average to below average, but the beer was cold, and our waitress was very nice and very good. That helped to make up for some average food. So after dinner, we drove back to Plattsburgh Monday night, back to the Airbnb. Tuesday morning found us all hunting in New York again for turkeys, and... Chip and I both killed Tuesday as well. And I have to say that Chip killed his second turkey at 11.53. And the law in New York states that you can turkey hunt legally only until noon. So Chip pulled this out last minute for his second turkey there. And unfortunately for me, I didn't get to see that hunt or participate in it because Chip fanned in this turkey. And I felt like three people trying to slip up on a turkey to fan him in was too many. So I stayed back at the truck. Seven minutes after leaving the truck, I heard the shot and Chip killed at 11.53. Needless to say, he was pretty stoked. John, however, did not kill a second bird in New York Tuesday. So mid-afternoon on Tuesday, John is on an airplane headed to Colorado for his business meeting and Chip and I are tagged out in New York. And since we can't hunt in Vermont until Thursday morning, we decide that we're going to drive to Maine in hopes that we can kill a turkey there. So after a short four and a half hour drive to Maine, it really was not short because the speed limits on these roads are ridiculously low. We arrived in Maine just in time to watch two strutters, two jakes, and three hens fly up in a tree in someone's backyard. Now, we didn't get an opportunity to hunt that property because it was posted and we were never able to speak to the landowner. But we did get permission 
to hunt a gentleman's 40-acre tract of land and doubled around noon on Wednesday. So after taking some pictures and talking to the landowner for a little bit, Chip said, well, let's head on to Vermont, go ahead and get checked into the hotel that we're going to stay in. That way we'll be ready to go come Thursday morning. I told him that that sounded good, but while we were there, we needed to drive to Kenny Bunkport, which is about 15 minutes from where we were hunting, and eat some lobster. So we did just that. We drove into Kenny Bunkport, Maine, and we had a fine Maine lobster lunch and a cold beer to celebrate our double before heading to our hotel in Vermont for a Thursday morning hunt. Thursday morning found Chip and me hunting separately, Chip with one guide and me with another. And Chip killed pretty early. It was about three hours after daylight. I saw a few birds, but I could not make it happen. I never even heard a turkey gobble the first day in Vermont. Now, Thursday afternoon, Chip and I drove back to Burlington, Vermont to pick up John from the airport. And we need two turkeys in Vermont so that we can head back to Maine to get John a turkey. So we decided that the best opportunity for us to do that was to split up Friday morning and let Chip go with John an hour north of our hotel to the little town of Rutland. And for me to stay near the town that our hotel was in to hunt with the same guide that I hunted with Thursday morning. Friday morning around 10 a.m., I squeezed the trigger on a very nice Vermont turkey. John was not fortunate enough to kill a turkey Friday in Vermont. So Friday afternoon, after much discussion, John decided that Chip and I should go to New Hampshire Saturday morning for one of us to at least try to get one bird in New Hampshire. That way, when we needed to go back, there would be two or three birds in New Hampshire that needed to be killed instead of three or four birds in New Hampshire. Now remember, there's Originally four people in this group, so we've got to go back as a group for the fourth person to mark those states off of his list. So we're all going back to every one of those states anyway. But if we go back as a group and we need to only kill two or three turkeys in New Hampshire, then that's a lot of pressure off of us. John decided that he was going to stay in Vermont and hunt solo with his guide in Rutland Saturday morning. Saturday morning in New Hampshire, Chip and I had two birds gobbling at daylight right on the ridge above a pretty darn big cornfield. And about 30 or 45 minutes after flydown, Chip kills a different tom, a third tom that was in the area that came in silent. After that, I had a heck of a hunt with a hard gobbling bird that was one of the best hunts that I've ever had that did not result in a kill or even a shot. I got to watch that bird in some huge, beautiful woods on this little ledge on the side of the ridge, gobble and strut for about 30 to 35 minutes. And he just would not come any closer because he could see 200 yards in those woods. And he knew there was no hen there. There was no reason for him to come any closer. Saturday morning was another strikeout for John in Vermont. So now we're down to our last morning of hunting. And it's not even really a morning of hunting. We need to be back at the farmhouse that we're staying at by 8.30 Sunday morning so that we can get all of our gear packed, get in the truck, and make the almost two-hour drive to the airport in Burlington. 
So Sunday morning, we decided John was going to get one more opportunity to mark Vermont off the list with Chip assisting him while I went back to New Hampshire after the bird that I got on the morning before. So I ended up killing in New Hampshire Sunday morning about 30 minutes after flydown. Took some pictures, drove 30 minutes out of the way to a check station to check my bird, then drove back to the farmhouse. We packed our bags threw everything in the back of the truck, and drove two hours to the airport to get on the plane to go home. And unfortunately, all of that happened without us getting to celebrate John squeezing the trigger on a turkey in Vermont. So on our way to the airport, the three of us talked about our vastly different experiences on this trip, with Chip and I having each killed five turkeys in four different states in seven days of hunting, most of those being half days of hunting. John had a much more frustrating experience having killed one turkey in one state in five and a half days of hunting. And I think that John is most frustrated with having to cut two morning hunts out of his trip due to work and not taking advantage of opportunities that he had while he was hunting in Vermont. On these out-of-state trips, we have to take advantage of every single opportunity that we get because it may be the only one that we get while we're on that trip. Now, we had a little bit of guide and outfitter drama that happened while we were there on our hunt that we feel like could have been handled differently and much more professionally. And a couple of my buddies have asked already, would I recommend this trip to someone? And I have four words to say about that. Absolutely. Would I recommend the outfitter to someone? Well, now I'm scratching my head a little bit. Knowing what I know now about New England, I have to say that I would approach this trip a bit differently if I had it to do over again. I believe that I would use the same outfitters and guides that we used on the trip, just in slightly different roles. Overall, I have to give the trip a 9 out of 10. I mean, as a group, we killed 11 turkeys in four states over seven days. So how can I not say that this was one of the best hunts we've been on as a group? If John had killed in all four states that Chip and I had, then this trip would have been a 9.95 out of 10. So, like I said, now we go back to Vermont, New Hampshire, and Maine as a group, so John can mark those states off his list. And, who knows, maybe Chip and I will get another turkey in each of those states. As nice as the locals are, and as beautiful as the countryside is, I can easily pick worse places to go back to than those three states. Alright, so I've got a bunch of audio from some great hunts for you guys. And I'll be bringing that to you all over the next few months with some great new content and guests mixed in as well. Now that season is coming to a close for the entire country, I feel it is my duty to help all of us through the summer heat and wild turkey depression by reliving some great hunts from this trip and touching on some topics we can all learn more about as well. But don't think I'm done yet for the day because today I have audio for you guys from our first New York hunt where Chip checked New York off of his list 
very quickly. So let me intro the hunt a little bit for you and set the stage before I start the audio. So our guide comes and picks us up at about 3.30 Monday morning at the Airbnb that we're staying at. And it's drizzling rain at the time that he picks us up. We throw a gun case in the back of the truck, vest in the back of the truck, and we take off to the first farm that our guide has picked out for us to hunt. Now, on the way to this farm that we're going to hunt, our guide tells us this bird has been roosting on this hedgerow every single night, and he flies down into this field that is on the side of the highway. His hens fly down with him, and they go off feeding through the field. So we need to get into this hedgerow that this turkey's roosting in, and we need to sit there motionless until the turkey flies down. That the turkey should fly down in gun range. And at that point in time, it's just going to be a matter of getting the gun on the turkey and squeezing the trigger to make it happen. Well, Chip is up first. There was no need to flip a coin. I've killed turkeys this season. Chip had not even been turkey hunting this season because of work and because of his daughter's softball games and schedules. So, it was a no-brainer for me. Chip was shooting first. So we get to this farm, and we park right next to the workshop at the farm. We get out of the truck. We're getting our guns. It's about 20 minutes after 4 Monday morning. It is not even cracking day yet. The rain has stopped falling, and the little front that came through is moving on through, and it looks like it's going to be a pretty decent day for us. As we're getting all of our gear out of the truck, the turkey gobbles. Our guide looks at us and said... That turkey just gobbled. And I said, I know it. I looked at my phone. It was 425. And our guide says, well, that changes things a little bit because we were going to walk straight across this field to that hedgerow right there. And he points and I look and there's a hedgerow. And at the end of the hedgerow is the highway with a street light on it. So that entire hedgerow is lit up from the street light. The turkey is roosted in a hedgerow that runs perpendicular to the one that runs to the highway. This hedgerow that runs to the highway intersects at a 90 degree angle with the hedgerow that the turkey is roosted on. So what we have is basically a rectangular field. On the north side of that field is a hedgerow, and that's the hedgerow that our guide points at and says that is the hedgerow that we were going to sit in. And if you follow that hedgerow out to the highway, which is to the east of this rectangular field, there's a street light that is lighting up pretty much that entire north end of that field and the hedgerow that we were going to get in. That hedgerow to the north angles at 90 degrees, almost due south, and runs about half of the length of that rectangular field. That is the section of hedgerow that the turkey that is gobbling is roosted in. So our plan was to walk from this shop through a freshly disked cornfield to get to this hedgerow to sit down in the hedgerow north of where the turkey is roosted and let the turkey fly down into the field in range for a shot. So as we're walking, we get about halfway across this cornfield that's between the hedgerow that we want to set up in and the shop that we parked at. I look at the outfitter and I said, do you think that we need to walk further to the west to get out of plain view for this turkey that is roosted on this hedgerow? 
that we now know is awake because he's gobbling. And the guide looks at me and says, no, we're going to continue on as planned. So we continue straight through this big cornfield with a thin row of trees and brush between us and a gobbling turkey that's on the roost. Oh yeah, with a street light on the side of this field that's lighting the field up enough to where we don't need a flashlight. So we make it to the hedgerow, the turkey's still gobbling sporadically. We pick out the trees that we want to sit on and we quietly slip through the underbrush and get to the trees that we want to be on for our setup. Chip sits facing the south, facing the hedgerow that the turkeys roosted in. I sit facing east, which is towards the highway, just in case that turkey decides to fly into the field that we just walked through. Now, I think it's very unlikely that that's going to happen, but I set up that way with my left shoulder pointing towards that cornfield we just walked through, basically as an insurance policy that one of us kills this turkey because Chip is shooting first, and there's really no reason for me to be facing the same direction that Chip is facing just to back him up. See, I did learn something from that turkey hunt with my buddy Joey and John where that turkey pulled an end around on us. So once we sit down, I pull out the recorder, I press record, and, well, here's the audio from what I am calling the longest quick hunt ever. Oh, and by the way, here's a little warning. If you do not like to listen to a gobbling turkey, then you may just want to turn this podcast off right now. Listen in closely, and I'll see you guys on the other side.
goes down. Good job, Chipper. Good job, Chip. Facing that way. Yeah, the hand in this tree right in front of him. Yeah, look at them. Look at them ain't bad. He's better than him. No, oh, yeah. He's right, boy. That's, that's a four-year-old turkey, yeah, I, I think. I think so. I'll have to take a better look at it. In case you lost count, that was 116 gobbles in approximately 34 minutes of audio. We missed about 15 gobbles before I hit the record button on my recorder. And yeah, you heard every bit of it. No calling, no owl hooting, no crowing, just sitting, waiting, and killing. And I know some people are going to say, that's not turkey hunting. Well, we beat the eyes of not just one wild turkey, but several wild turkeys because you all know as soon as that tom gobbled on the roost the hens were awake as well so we beat the eyes of about four different wild turkeys to get into our setup yes darkness does help that but it wasn't quite dark out there with that street light shining and lighting up the field that we were in oh yeah and the hedgerow that we were in as well so New York is the perfect example of why we have chosen to use an outfitter on these trips. The guide had birds roosted. He knew what the birds were doing and knew what needed to be done to get in position to make some magic happen. That is something that would have taken us at least two, if not maybe three days to know. Could we have killed in New York and Vermont without having someone with that knowledge with us? Probably. We did in Maine and in New Hampshire. Could Chip and I have killed five birds in four states in seven days on our own? I don't know. It's possible, but 
I would say unlikely. I really think that we would have taken a day or two to get our legs under us and another day to kill. Likely, we would have done the same thing in Vermont. And so that means we would have marked off two states from our list of states that we need to kill in over seven days instead of four. And yes, even though we do have to repeat three states because of John's bad luck streak, I think the results of this hunt would be much different without our using outfitters. Now, with all of that said, if I were doing these trips solo, I believe I could have knocked out several states on this trip without an outfitter. And here's why. The law in each of these states that we hunted in states that if land is not posted, then that land is open to hunting. That one factor is a major game changer because all you have to do is ride around in the vehicle and look for turkeys or stop and call to locate turkeys. And once you've done that, if the land is not posted, then you legally can hunt that turkey. Now, it's common courtesy to stop and ask permission to make sure you don't have any issues with the landowner regarding parking or gates or pets, etc., etc. And to me, that is a huge advantage to hunting in New England compared to hunting in most other states whose laws are not as liberal as the laws in New England. All factors considered, I personally could not have asked for a better experience. I got to see some beautiful countryside, see lots of turkeys in fields, meet many nice people, make some new friends, hear lots of gobbling, see the longest covered wooden bridge in the U.S., have dinner in Montreal, go to Canada for the first time, eat lobster in Kennebunkport, Maine, kill what may be my biggest turkey yet. What? I didn't mention that to you earlier? Ha ha ha. You'll have to wait to hear that story of that hunt. I got to spend time with two really good friends. I got to see eight turkeys take a dirt nap, and I got to kill five turkeys myself. I just wish that Yankee John would have done better, and I know he does too, and that's what's killing him right now. But he knows, just like the rest of us know, that his time is coming on these trips, and either Chip or I are going to have the same experience on a future trip that he had on this one. Regardless, this smile will be on my face, and the memories of this hunt will be in my mind for a long time and I'm looking forward to returning to New England very soon. Okay, that's all that I've got for you guys today. But if you would, do me a favor. I would appreciate it. My favor of the week this week is to share this week's episode using the share button or share feature on your podcast player application and share it to your Facebook feed, your Instagram story, or your Twitter handle whatever social media platforms you use, if you would share the link for this week's show on those platforms, that would be a huge help. And it literally will take you less than 30 seconds to do it if you use the share feature in your podcast player application. So now that I finished that up, all I have left to do is say thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, 
tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.